All right, let's do the birthdays. This week's birthdays include some really cool people. Uh, you know I love celebrating birthdays, so let's get right to it. Today's birthdays. This is Wednesday, May 3rd, 4th, I think. Uh, Candace Kaus Hagen. I don't think I've ever pronounced your last name. Happy birthday. Tacky Chung, happy birthday, dude. You are a fun guy, and I'm enjoying our pictures from events that we were at together. Can't wait to celebrate some events in the future. Aaron Risby, happy birthday. Billy Ward. Uh, let's see, who else we got here? Mike Cologne, happy, happy birthday. Amanda Ray, happy birthday. We haven't spoken in a long time. David Crew, uh, let's see, who else we got here? Kevin Newsom, happy birthday. Seth Donnelly, Tim Payne. I used to work with him at Emerald. Happy birthday, Lev Cooperman. Happy birthday. Uh, who else we got? Akis Duzlatis. Uh, happy birthday, dude. Cliff, Cliff Mountner. Happy birthday. And that's going to be our short birthday list this week. Hope you guys are having a great week. Enjoy your spring. Let's move on to this week's show. I am uh, really, this is a really great show coming up. All right, here we go. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. All right, here we go. This week's episode of Something New Every Week. I am stoked to have my friend, and we have thousands of mutual friends on Facebook, Ty Fisher, on this week's episode of Something New Every Week. If I seem a little off, I received my second vaccine yesterday, and it has pretty much leveled me again. And I actually feel like total shit <laughs> this morning. I uh, went to the Cardinals game last night, which is really awesome to be able to get back to baseball and so nice to be in that stadium again and and all of that. But um, so if I found sound a little raspy or a cough at some point, I apologize to you guys in the audience uh, and you, Ty. But a- anyway, um, um, say hello, Ty. Hello, everyone. And hey, congratulations on that second vaccine. Glad you uh, glad you got it done. Uh, it actually that second vaccine did the same thing to me and my wife. First shot was fine. That second one, man, that leveled us. <sighs> well, I mean, both of them leveled me. So I'm hoping this one's not as bad. It was weird because you know I got the vaccine at like you know one o'clock in the afternoon, and the first one I could feel it right away. It was like you know like I it felt like a superhero, like it was filling up my body and making me sick. But this one, I didn't feel anything. I went to the game last night. I was fine. Um, and then I got home last night, went to bed at about four o'clock in the morning. I woke up like in a puddle of sweat and, you know, just super achy. So hoping that, you know, it, 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 it goes away quickly and, and, and we'll be done. But man, COVID hates me. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my friends know, like I had it really bad in January. So um, yeah. yeah, anyway. So, but I'm glad you're, so you're done with your vaccinations. We're all done. Feeling good. Um, glad to be a part of trying to reduce this pandemic. Yeah, same, same. Ready to get out there. I know you like 
you know, from what I see on your Facebook page, you like to get out there and enjoy the beach and be outside and, and gather with people like I do. And uh, well, I'm ready to get back out there again. So anyway, for those of you who don't know Ty, Ty um, is one of the owners of Rebuku and Photofafa. Um, they're both image editing uh, services. Um, you know what? Instead of me saying anything about it, first, let's start with tell me about Photofafa and then we'll go to uh, Rebuku. Sure. Photofafa is a uh, outsourced post-production company for professional wedding photographers and newborn photographers that are looking to get their images color corrected, called, retouched, album designs. Um, we've kind of rebranded, not rebranded, but reframed the pricing this year, starting in uh, February of this year. I have reduced some of the costs to make it easier for our, uh, our clients and future clients. And yeah, so it's post-production for wedding photographers, which is completely separate from Rebuku. Okay. Uh, and how long? Photofoff has been around a long time, right? Yeah, Photofoff has actually been around much longer than we have. Photofoff was around 2006, okay. 2008. Um, we acquired it back in 2017. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so it's only been a few years. I, I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, and... Uh, Rebuku is something, and we, I was telling you about it in the beginning of my conversation. I, you know, have started to get back out there and shoot again. Most of my career was with weddings and uh, bar and bat mitzvahs in New York. And, um, now getting back to shooting again, I have no, there's no way I'm shooting weddings again. I'm too old. And I just, it's, it's, it's just not really the kind of work that I want to do. So I kind of fell into, I have, my kids are teenagers and playing lots of sports. And I kind of fell into it just chatting with the dads during football practice and the coaches. And I found myself last fall shooting my, my son's football teams, the middle school football teams, six through eight and uh, had to learn the entire workflow from beginning to end uh, pretty quickly. And Photoshop was, yeah, it was definitely by fire. So I understand lighting. I know how to take pictures. And I understood what I needed to do to, to, to take the decent pictures. But then the extraction process was just, was just a, a whole other ball of wax. And so... I felt in, in my case, I needed to understand what is involved in extractions before I sent it off to someplace. But as I start to gather new uh, leagues, like for example, I did 400 kids in a flag football league a couple weeks ago, and I did all the extractions, everything myself. I'm not doing that again. So tell me, as a client of yours coming to, uh, let me start with, you you have a league, right? And you're just getting started maybe what are the pitfalls are or give me some advice on what I need to do to start working with a company like yours. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, obviously for us, you need to be a professional business or, or photographer. Okay. We ask you to sign off on that on registration um, because we are a wholesaler service for professional photographers. Okay. From there, it's a simple click, pay, and upload system. Um, we, we do carry a variety of extraction services uh, just because there are different types. There are green screen. There are people shooting on the last light highlight. There are people shooting environmental. There are people shooting on solid background. <laughs> and so we fulfill all those needs. Um, the majority of our services are not specialized and, and can either be an environmental 
for a solid background extraction. So we differentiate them basically on the service. We have what's called a volume extraction service, which is if you're putting 11 by 14 in smaller, which volume photographers are pretty much printing 8 by 10, 5 by 7 in buttons. So with that, we can provide a reduced cost of 40% less than a normal extraction price. Okay. And this allows photographers to be able to save money, but also send more images and not have to worry about a larger payment. Okay. Um, the premium extraction service, which is 11 by 14 and larger printing is $1.50, where our volume extraction service is 85 cents a person, one to two people per image. I see. So it's 40% savings. Uh-huh. Uh, we're able to, within that service, we have a production team. We also have AI, and we have uh, every order gets QC by our staff as well. Okay. Uh, and you mentioned a couple of things and, and let's say, you know, I'm, I'm getting started and, and I'm still kind of not, not struggling with it, but understanding, you know, what kind of backgrounds I want to shoot these kids on. And I started with green screen and, yeah. you know, unfortunately, like my kids school, you know, there's a lot of green in, in their uniforms, yeah. um, which really wasn't too much of a problem as long as I, they had some edge lighting on them. Uh, and then I went to a gray background and that was okay. And the last shoot I did, I just shot them on white, you know, against a white background. And I found that that, that was the, the, the best extractions that I was getting. Um, talk to me about the difference of why you would shoot green screen versus the last, the last delight is a white background, right? Is that because you shoot through it? Yeah, it's truly a giant, it looks like a, uh, it looks like a Murphy bed almost. Once yeah. You, uh, and it's basically a giant soft box where you right. can throw it right in, in it, uh, point it towards the back and it will reflect light and fill the entire soft box with light and give you nice edge or rim lighting from head to toe. Yeah, the last light thing is really cool. I'd like to have that at some point, but I think when I priced it out, it was like twelve hundred bucks. You can get a five by seven now for four hundred dollars. Okay, okay, yeah, I wasn't sure because a lot of the ones that I do are full length, so I wasn't sure if I could do it with a five by seven. But I think you can. Yeah, I actually uh, when I had my volume sports company, uh, our next gen uh, sports photography, which eventually became next gen photo solutions, uh, the West Kroninger rooms. Okay. Uh, we actually brought the Blastolite to this industry. Ah, well, I didn't know we that. We got in a commercial industry, brought it and tested it with sports using the 5x7. We shot thousands of teams for several years on that 5x7s. Huh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. And, and um, you know, it's it's been, it's been a challenge, you know, um, you know, learning how to, you know, everybody's shooting with these four by these 10 by 10 tents, putting walls on them with the last light in the background. I feel like I'm building a giant city every time I go out and shoot these leagues now. Yeah. That's the only thing that's nice about the last light. You know, it comes in a bag. It's, it folds up into a three foot circle. Right. I literally go to a shoot with two lights, two stands, my last light and my camera and carry it in on one load set up in five minutes with about an eight to 10 foot footprint that I need anywhere, okay. a hallway, whatever, and be done. And that's just, that's just the uh, convenience of the highlight. Now, getting back to your original question, you know, what is best? What's the difference? It's really a preference thing. You know, you yeah. have a lot of people that do shoot green screen because they want to knock themselves, them out via 
but uh, softwares, et cetera. Um, some people want to shoot completely white, uh, savage paper backgrounds. Some people are shooting completely environmental. Uh, based on the look, you kind of got to have a predetermined look to what your end result is going to be. If you right. want it more edgy, you know, you're going to have to provide some more lighting. Natural light's not really going to give you that, um, oh, I almost call it that Under Armour look. Yeah. Uh, Under Armour's perfected it so well. Uh, but if you want that look, you're going to have to get a little more involved in lighting. For us, it's really not a preference. For me, the preference was always the highlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, and this is no uh, plug to, to Rebuka or any of our companies, but when I was in business, you know, uh, I, I was thankful to know people like Gary Box and, and several other mm-hmm. very well-known business people. When I say business people, they're photographers, but they are savvy business people. And, you know, one thing they taught me well was, look, when we shot film, we didn't edit our work. We sent it to a lab. Right. They processed it. <laughs> we got it back. <laughs> We're not digital artists now. Yeah. You know? So, technically, even if you feel like you're saving money by extracting or using softwares, you can lose between 150 to $200 an hour as a professional photographer sitting behind your desk. Right. Where you can be spending more time booking actual leaks Right. All of your post-production pricing, whoever you're outsourcing to, embedded into your cost, it never affects your bottom line. And just be shooting and doing your work as you should be. That's what photographers do. But once that digital world kind of transcended and it, it took over, we all kind of felt like we became digital artists. And now everybody talks about the editing blues where they're up till 2, 3, 4 a.m. <laughs> and it's just not necessary. Yeah, and I think any anybody who gets into youth sports or uh, school or any kind of volume service, I think from from where I sit, uh, the world is such a such a affordable place to 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 do it on your own at this point is is really crazy. Anything more than you know fifteen or twenty kids, you, you should be sending out. And you're right, um, I. I, I've been doing these first couple of jobs just because I really want to get a feel for what I want, you know, lighting wise, how I'm posing the kids and, and, you know, torturing myself by doing the work myself. Um, it really helps me, you know, to be able to give you direction later on or, or know how to, how to do something for services like yourself. Um, I did the math, on, you know, I shot about 400 kids and I did all the extractions, did all the, the placing of the composites into into templates. I spent, um, it was, I think, five eight-hour days doing it. And that is, I mean, I lost a whole week. I lost a whole week. Yeah, I lost a whole week. And you know what I lost during that time? During that time, I should have been building out my marketing plan to do uh, family pictures this spring and my senior pictures this spring, and I lost a whole week doing that. So, um, and and so those are those are examples that I I like to offer. You know, in that sense, where you know you get these leagues, you need to figure things out, and you know the lighting I think is, is so important. You know, and finding the templates to use or building your own templates um, has been just it, it, you know, but. I have to say, this community is amazing in the sense that the Facebook groups, whether it be Photo Day or Got Photo or some of these other companies out there, 
Um, it, it is just such an incredible group of people who have helped me so much with stupid questions along the way. And you're part of that community as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, that's, those are the communities I love are the, the uh, Facebook groups because yeah. so many questions come across, so many people are involved. Um, and you can pretty well uh, improve your business and scale based yeah. off the knowledge that's being given for free out there. Right. Yeah, and, and, and that that's the incredible part, you know, via, you know, YouTube and but the the Facebook groups I've been I've been absolutely amazed. And customer services from some of these companies is just it's just been really, really wonderful. And I have to say, like, it's weird coming from, you know, a position of being, you know, a veteran in the industry, but a complete newbie on the other side and, and learning and learning all the stuff and being able to have access to, you know, so many different resources like yourself or or, you know, you know, uh, everybody else. So that being said, I am looking at your site and, uh, you know, I'm looking for a couple of tips on, um, you know, sending stuff to you for the first time. Sure. Well, so there's a couple of ways to go. If you're looking to just do extractions, you know, we can, we can knock that out pretty easily. Our turnaround times are one to two business days. Okay. Um, and it's been consistent that way since we launched our new team in uh, late February. Uh, and we're actually be working to get those turnaround times down to one business day with rush services. So you'll right see that coming in the, uh, in the forefront as well. Uh, one thing we do with Rebuku that I've been working on for many years is as a photographer, I want to create end-to-end services, start-to-end, I should say, where a photographer can literally give us the image and can print from the end. So we will be adding some, uh, we did add a new service last year called Team Creator. So if you, if you hover over services, you can go to the Team Creator page. And what that is is where we'll take and extract the images and also build out your teams. We'll send you free proofing, unlimited revisions, and once your proof is approved, you get your transparent file, whether that's uh, PNG or you can pay for a layered PSD. We'll provide that for you to put on your own background. Okay. And so that's a big time saver for a lot of our volume photographers. One thing we will be adding to that prior to fall is they'll be able to upload their own background, and we will then just go ahead and put their teams on their, their background, leave them space for wherever they want to put names. Schedule, yeah. yeah. Exactly. We'll, we'll leave space for that, and you'll get back your your finished files. Okay. Uh, ready to go to print once you do your little part. And that's always been the goal of Team Creator. But when you're working with a production company and uh, 100 editors, which we have on staff, you, you're an assembly line like a Ford or a Chevy. So you can't just say tomorrow, I want this to happen. We have to, we have to spend quite a bit of time testing those theories and making sure we can implement that in the time frame we want to do it in mm-hmm. and minimize our mistakes through that. So we've been working on that diligently for the last month and a half, and we'll be releasing uh, backgrounds for extractions and team creators in the cool. next couple months. Cool. Right. And I, I have to admit, like cre- uh, creating team composites has been probably my biggest challenge overall. I mean, with COVID, nobody wants to do a team picture. 
that's the easiest thing. Everybody get together, do a team picture. You just do it on a regular background. And I, and, and I was able to do it for the last flag football league. Um, but there are some parents who love the, the composited team photo. Sure. Uh, and it definitely definitely separates you. It's easy to get you know ten kids with two coaches and and have them get together and take a picture, um, and and they they like that option. But when I can put them in like a really cool composite, uh, it, I think it really does make a big difference. However, last year I had to do it because they wouldn't allow. It was just stupid. It was tackle football league. They're tackling each other the the entire practice, but they're not allowed to get together for a team picture. <laughs> now, no, I'm not the only one. Like that was the rules, and I was like, "You guys have been sweating all over each other." It's July, right? <laughs> I can't do a team picture anyway. I'm not going to get into logistics. I don't want anyone to get upset with me. Um, but I was, I really struggled with. I tried to get as many different options of the kids to build the team. And inevitably, there would be one mom who would complain that their kid was too big or too small in comparative to anyone else. So what advice, I mean, obviously you guys are experts at building that, so it wouldn't be as much of an issue, but is there some advice you could offer me in in creating that? Absolutely, and you bring up a great point because even though we have knowledge in it, what we receive is what we receive and what we're going to put out. So it's not shot properly, it can be very difficult to scale. So the recommendations we have for that is have your camera on a tripod. Mm-hmm. We recommend a prime lens, a fixed lens. Mm-hmm. I always use the 50. Yep, me if too. You've a, if you've got a zoom lens, that's fine, but lock it in place. In one and place. Tape, you know, so it cannot move. Uh-huh. And make sure you've got a place, a mat, an X, or something where the athlete stands every time. Okay. It's a shoot full frame. So everybody... Uh is really at that point uh-huh. the same height. So you want to back up enough to where you've got the entire, you know, the the, the portrait frame of your background and the individual. Uh-huh. And that's where you want to shoot from. So that's going to give us really good scale okay. to start with. Okay. That's that's good advice. And that was definitely something that I learned. I hate I hate using a tripod. But I learned quickly that, you know, if you are doing these composites and everything isn't the same size, it's just a giant nightmare. So, um, yeah. This is like painting a car. You know, you've got to do the prep work perfect in the beginning yeah. to make it look really pretty at the end. So the body work of this being the tripod, the locked camera, the athlete standing in the exact same place, that's your body work. If you can perfect that, you're going to get really nice composite work in the end. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. So, because um, uh, I need to start working with you guys, otherwise I'm going to lose my life. Um, <laughs> so, moving on to the the next phase, you and I are close in age and are have been in business and doing different businesses over the course of the years in our in our community. You started as a photographer, and you still do some shooting. And in the beginning of our conversation, you talked about personal work. And, um, you know, seeing your Facebook page, I see that you talk a lot about, you know, uh, uh, self-help, uh, health uh, choices and stuff like that. Um, and to be honest, you, you've been a little bit of an inspiration to me, um, believe it or not, stalking your page um, in that, you know, I, I'm for the last probably 10 years, it's been a journey for me as far as, you know, trying to find, you know, more of a healthy living. 
And, you know, I, you talked the other day about, about meditation and how you started to get into that. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts about that a little bit. And, 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 and what, before you start, the reason that it, 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 it kind of resonated with me is you said, I kind of tend to go off the handle a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're talking about me. So I'm going to yeah. let you, I'm going to let you talk now. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I'm going to go into this. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll be honest with you, in 2018, 2019, um, I was having a lot of issues with business, mm-hmm. um, and we were using a different team for our production, and I was I was completely stressed out, mm. and I was not handling it well. Yeah. And I found myself in the hospital with a heart attack. Wow. Yeah. Um, which ended up being uh, five blockages. Oh, my gosh. Uh, three stents. Oof. Uh, on slews of medicine the rest of my life. Huh. Um, it was scary as hell. Yeah, I bet. It really opened my eyes to like, you are not dealing with life as it comes to you properly. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, shit happens. Yeah. It's going to happen every day. Every day. And if we don't realize that when the day begins and, and kind of suit ourselves up to prepare ourselves for yeah. it, we're not going to handle it properly. So I really had to start diving deep into me uh-huh. and finding out what my triggers were and what my issues were. And I've got some, I've got a few friends that are very inspiring and almost mentors to me that were helping me a little bit. One being my business partner. Uh-huh. And so I, I never believed in meditation. I couldn't believe sitting somewhere for 20 minutes to an hour listening to some <laughs> actually affect my mind, my health. Like, yeah. That was me being better than, thinking I'm better than this. So mm-hmm. I really had to humble myself and, and realize, okay, what are the things that you need to do to, to prepare for your day? And I found that I need the first part of the morning for me, period. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I'm still a problem at checking emails in the morning, but I've, mm-hmm. I've restricted it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better to where meditation starts first. Mm-hmm. My workout comes next. Mm-hmm. My breakfast and my shower. And then when I take my shower, the last two to three minutes of my showers are nice cold. <laughs> I think that's been one of the best factors because what I learned about cold is it's called acute stress. I'm injecting acute stress on my body every day for two to three minutes. Hmm. And that teaches the body how to deal with stress better. Hmm. It actually is a hardening system of the body. And it really does help. And along with meditation, I I was reading a book called The Buddha and the Badass. It was life-changing for me. Christian Lachani, who has MindValley.com, an amazing man. Uh, he has a, a meditation called Six Phase Meditation uh, that he recommends for anyone starting out. And I really took to the Six Phase Meditation because it, it gets into talking about um, first being grateful, uh-huh. grateful for yourself, grateful for your spouse and your children, grateful for your employees. How are you grateful? Forgiving people. Uh-huh. How do you people? Having a clear vision of what you want in three years of your life. Mm. And by manifesting this daily, 
we all know whatever you can hold in your head, you can hold in your hand. You just have to put it in your head every day. Yeah. So I've really been working on the power of visualization and manifestation through meditation and this acute stress hardening with cold showers. And it's done wonders for me. I am a testimony. This is not a, uh, a snake oil salesman trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. This is something that's been just life-changing for me. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, we, that's, that's interesting. And, and, you know, we are very lucky as entrepreneurs. I think, you know, one of the things that we're, we're not grateful, we don't, you know, recognize is the, 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 the freedom that we have to make these choices to change our lifestyles. You know, I'm sure you probably get up pretty early in the morning to go work out and do the, all those things. But it would be there's there's too many of my friends who work till three o'clock in the morning and then sleep till eleven, and their lifestyle is a mess. Sure. Uh, and you know some of them have kids that are older now, and it's weird because I see this I see this cycle of they're empty nesters now as we as we get older, uh, and they start falling back into this bad lifestyle, um, or they're younger and they just feel like they can work all the time. Right. And I'm at the point where like. You know, I want to be home and present for my kids during their sports and, and, and activities because somebody said to me the other day, you've got five more summers with your kids before they go to college. And that really hit home for me really hard a few weeks ago. So making those lifestyle choices to get up early in the morning and do those things. But it's a blessing for us to be able to do those things Whereas, you know, so many people have to get up and go sit at a desk all day long, have to be there at 830 in the morning, have to do this and be there till four o'clock. And I don't think we recognize that often enough. And yeah. No, and in, in our society right now, we're wearing this hustle and grind like it's a badge of honor. Right. You know, hustle every day, get a side hustle, do this, do right. that, make more, do more. We don't need to make more. We just need to know what we've got right. and owe less. Right. You know, because the fact of the matter is, is why do you want to run a human hamster wheel to make more, to spend more, to owe more? Right. Um, it, it's, it's a hard mindset to get out of, but it's unhealthy. Okay. We were the one that created this falsehood of life that this is what we're supposed to do with it. You know, yeah. it was passed down from generation to generation, and it's an unhealthy lifestyle. Healthy lifestyle is family and freedom, right. the ability to create in your head, in your subconscious, which is where we want to be as creatives. Right. So we were constantly battling the daily grind. We're never getting into our subconscious. We're no longer becoming creative. Thus, we start to become burnt out. Right. You know, and then we don't know how to get out of the burnout. So we just either quit, walk away, find something else. But that that evil cycle starts yep. over again because we haven't worked on ourselves. Ourselves is the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And, and what I've, what I'm finding interesting now being, you know, 50 years plus is that 
I really thought I would have things much more figured out at this point. <laughs> and what I'm discovering is that I have another 20 years to work. And I love this. I love this industry. And I love this community. And why, why do I feel like I want to work to make enough money so I don't have to do that anymore? So right for me now, I'm trying to figure out the lifestyle where I can feed my family, get my kids to college, pay for that at the same time. Um, be able to enjoy the next 20 years and which is what you know we did in the beginning but I definitely laugh sometimes thinking about how uh, you know we just you know I, when I was 30 years old I said you know by the time I'm 50 I'm gonna have it all figured out <laughs> it's so yeah, not the case I'm so with you I, my first 50 years of life uh, as wonderful as they were they were a train wreck <laughs> um, you know, to be completely transparent I'm in my third marriage uh-huh I've got two kids from my first marriage. I wasn't the best father as uh-huh. a, a young adult because all I did was work. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a great husband because all I did was work. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very selfish, self-centered, and had this this definite yep. focus. Hustle, yep. But it was about me. It wasn't about everyone. And yeah. I realize now I'm in a state of life that people would dream to have. I am so thankful for that. Uh-huh. I know that the next 50 years of my life are going to be the actual best 50 years. I'm working to be that better husband, that better father, that better business person, but more, most importantly, that better person to myself. Yeah. I, I, I can't agree with you more. And, 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 you know, I've also looked back at some of the things and, Last year, I went and, you know, did some, uh, I apologized to some people for my behavior for my days with PPI uh, and some of the things that, not not that I was a bad person, but, you know, when I had left PPI, I was an angry, angry person. And um, I needed to backtrack and go back and, and, and re- reconcile a few things. And, you know, that was part of my healing process. And a couple of people that I called. They were like, why are you calling me? And I'm like, because I need to talk to you. And, it, and, and you know, I think they appreciated it and it, it meant a lot. But um, definitely uh, very much uh, a lot of growth for me in the last few years and uh, not, not a place that I expected to be. So for those of you who, you know, are around our age, you know, think about those things. You can always go back and there's still plenty of time to do those things. And no, we don't have it figured out, even though. Um, we try and make it look that way. Uh, we don't. So with that being said, um, I, uh, I I wish you the best with, with that continued journey and, um, um, you know, all, all of that. So let's wrap it up here. I, I really enjoyed uh, getting to know you a little bit better and learning about your businesses. And we'll put links to Rebuku and Photofafa. And um, if you're not, part of those Facebook pages and those groups, you should get in there too, because it's a great community. And um, thanks for thanks for coming on talking to me today. Wow. Thank you so much. I would love to come back on and spend some more time. I know we could cover a lot of, lot of, lot of good topics. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, I definitely think uh, maybe a year from now, I'll have a lot more questions as well. <laughs> more free advice. All right, dude. All right, so that, that'll wrap it up for this week's episode of Something New Every Week. 
Ty, thanks for being on here again. And uh, for those of you who are listening, would love it if you hit that subscribe button and or give us a review. I don't have enough reviews on on something new every week, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, If you'd like to be a guest, also reach out to me. I'm not hard to find. But again, thank you for being on this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next week.